This is Wordfall, with historical novelist Rosanna M. White, offering our words to the Lord at the crossroads of faith, family, and fiction. Honoring undeserving parents. So a while back, my dad, who happens to be my pastor, was preaching through the Ten Commandments. He covered number five, the first commandment, to contain a promise. Now, he had plenty of material to get through with the focus he chose, and he said up front he wasn't even going to touch on how to honor parents who don't meet a basic definition of good, namely those who abandon their kids, the ones who abuse and misuse, those who neglect, the ones who hurt. So I totally get why he focused where he did, but I also wanted to say, no, say more, talk about that too, because let's face it, far too many people today don't have good parents. They don't have parents who make it easy to honor them. So how were they to obey that commandment? First, a disclaimer, my parents are awesome. They've always been there with love and encouragement. They taught me to honor God and value family. So in no way do I have firsthand experience with this topic, but I do have secondhand experience. I have friends and family who have to ask this question. It's also a question I've had to deal with when I've written some of my stories. For instance, Giver of Wonders, in which my heroine's father all but forces his daughters into prostitution, not exactly uncommon in the ancient world, sadly. It made me view things in a new way, to be sure. So, the fifth commandment. Honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. As Paul points out in Ephesians 6, this is the first commandment that promises something in return for obedience, that your days may be long upon the land. Have you ever paused to consider why honoring your parents carries the promise of a long life? I think there are several sides to it. First of all, in the ancient world, parents had the right of life and death over their children. Even into New Testament days of the Roman Empire, a father could at any point in time kill his children with no consequences because they were considered his property. So there's a simple logic to this. Honor your parents because they could kill you if you don't. Dishonoring them, even in the law of Moses, could result in stoning. But at a certain point, the point where your life starts to stretch out too long upon the land, it's not your parents you're still worried about. It's your kids. And where will your kids have learned how to treat you? By watching how you treat your parents. They hear every sigh, every grumble, see every eye roll, and they pay attention. If we treat our parents with disrespect, that's the lesson our kids are going to internalize in how they should treat us. But that's assuming they see us getting to treat our parents in any way. It's assuming they're there. What about when the parents are absent, or cruel, or abusive, or selfish? I think it's worth noting that the word Moses used here was honor. As my dad pointed out in the sermon, the Hebrew word implies a weight, responsibility, burden. It's heavy business, and it does not say obey. That's the word we often use, especially in a quick and easy translation for our kids. Obey your parents, pointed look. But that's a different word. Obedience is part of honoring, sometimes, especially when the kids are younger. But as they age, a whole different thing there. As we grow into adults and have kids of our own, it's not a matter of obeying our parents every command anymore. It's a matter of treating them with respect, of accepting the burden of care for them as they grow weaker. How to do that with a parent with whom you have little to no relationship? As I struggled with this question in Cypress's story in Giver of Wonders, the only good answer I could find was that she needed to fight for her father's soul, even when he'd given up. 
She disobeys his direct word in order to minister to him and care for him. She prayed for him. She loved him in a way he had never loved her, selflessly, with an agape love. The question came up again in An Hour Unspent. Barclay, a reformed thief, has spent his life creating a family of fellow orphans, and he's taught them all the lessons his mother taught him. We don't steal from family. We never give stolen items as gifts. We always look out for each other. But when he eventually comes face to face with his mother again in this story, he is in for a surprise, because the things she taught him that he believed and espoused had only been conveniences for her, ways to keep him in line and doing what she wanted him to do. The woman he sees now is a user, one who only sees what she can gain from any situation. How's he supposed to honor her when she's not only undeserving, but will harm the family he's adopted? It's going to look different in every situation. Sometimes I think it's very important to maintain distance for the sake of the families of which we're the head. We do have to protect our kids from people who will hurt them. But we also want them to see us trying. Maybe that means praying for the absent or abusive parent every day. Maybe it means offering financial support in a safe way, not to enable them to drink or smoke or shoot it away, but to keep a roof over their heads and food in their stomachs. Maybe it means encouraging them to get help. Regardless, it's going to mean forgiving them for the wrongs they've done us and the hurt they've caused. That may be the hardest thing, the heaviest thing, but that's what honor is about. And it wasn't a command given only in regards to deserving parents. It was a command given in regards to all parents. It's easy to love those who love us. Our true test comes in how we treat our enemies. And sometimes, sadly, that is our own families. Until we do that, until we can do that, we'll be teaching our kids that bitterness is okay. That when someone deserves our disrespect, that's what we ought to give them. But that's how the world acts. We want to be better. We want to show them a better way. A way that exemplifies Christ. A way that loves the unlovable and forgives the unforgivable. Because that is the only way we can grow. That's the only way we can change the world. By showing the next generation how to treat those who hurt us. When we honor, we prove ourselves worthy of honor. And that is how we live long upon the land. Check out rosannamwhite.com for information about me or my books and to subscribe to my newsletter. This episode of Wordfall is brought to you by the Tea Party Book Club. Books, tea, great conversation, all from the convenience of your own home. To see what this month's book is and to reserve a seat, go to rosannamwhite.com and click the Tea Party Book Club tab or follow the link in the show notes. Wordfall is a proud part of the White Fire Podcast Network. Please visit whitefire.tv slash podcast for other shows I know you'll love.